Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Did they need to repent? Absolutely. Maybe more than the common sinner because they were prideful. They thought they had it all together. They didn't. You see, a person can never be found until they admit they're lost. You will never become a Christian until you take the first step. And the first step is repenting. What does repentant mean? I'm a sinner. I can't find God on my own. I need forgiveness. And then you will be found. Ironic, isn't it? It seems that the so-called sinners in Jesus' day were actually closer to God than the religious leadership. The reason, as Jesus was trying to teach, is that the sinners knew they were in need of God. The Pharisees and Sadducees didn't think of themselves in that way. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, Jesus made it clear that everyone is a sinner in need of God's redeeming grace. The same applies to us as well we want to be found by God, we first must admit that we're lost and need to have the shepherd bring us back home. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Lost and Found. on your Bible, it's easy just to write this. The lost sheep equals a sinner. Somebody that's apart from the shepherd. Somebody that's apart from the shepherd. It's a sinner. Tax collectors fell into that category of sinners. Now, the 99 sheep that remain are the religious scribes and Pharisees. So the one sheep that goes is a sinner, lost person for us spiritually, The one, the 99 on their left are the religious people. And I'll explain to you how that goes. So who does Jesus go after? The one lost sheep. Jesus is the shepherd in the parable. He's teaching it. He goes after the one lost sheep. Now, why in the world is Jesus teaching this? Now, remember, who's around Jesus? The Pharisees who could care less about the sinners. But Jesus loved them. So why did Jesus go after the one lost sheep? What is he trying to tell us? Here it is. Later on in the book of Luke, we hear this. For the son of man, Jesus, came to seek and save those who are, say it with me, lost. That's one of our words. He came. This one verse gives us the mission. 
Because when Jesus went back to heaven, this is the mission for you as a Christian, for me as a Christ follower. Our role model is Jesus, and he tells us how to do this. What are we supposed to do? So here we are, and there's a spiritual application that comes through all of this. All around us, there are lost people. There are lost sheep. They're sinners. They don't know God. They don't have a relationship with God. And they think they can do life on their own, but they can't. They were never designed to do that. So Jesus says, I've come to seek. No, what's this? What do we do? Seek in order to find. He, he just didn't walk out in the, in the desert there in Palestine and go, well, I'm going to have a nice afternoon walk. No, he had one focus, to find the lost sheep, the sinner. That was his focus. Now, so we go after them. Notice, he doesn't sit in the pen on the mountainside. Come on! That sheep just keeps going. So he has to go out. He has to be absolutely intentional. Second, who do we seek? Well, we don't seek Christians. You're already a Christ follower. We seek lost people. That's what Jesus is saying. What does lost people mean? They're perishing. The sheep will die unless we get people to come to salvation and repent and believe. They will be separated from God forever. That's why we do it. Number three, why do we seek the lost? Here it is. See, what, who, why? To save them from what? Eternal separation. When a person dies, there's only two destinations, heaven and hell. And most people don't understand how to get to heaven. They think they're good enough already, which is not Correct. Now, in this one verse, Jesus tells us why he came to earth. In a few weeks, we'll celebrate the birth of Jesus. Why did he come? Here's what I want you to write down. Here's the mission. And since you and I are Christ followers, we're the same. Jesus came to seek out sinners, share the good news, and transform their lives for eternity. That is the mission of the church. And the church is not a building. It's not a denomination. The church is Christians, people. We're the body of Christ. That is our mission. Now, watch what happens in verse 5. Look at verse 5. Kind of read it for yourself, and let me explain it to you. Here's the way it works. And when he finds the sheep, look at me, just look at me. When he finds the sheep, he says to the sheep, you dumb animal. I wasted all afternoon coming after you. You're not worth anything. Get over here. Let's go back to the pen. How many glad when Jesus found you, he didn't say that to you? (laughs) Praise God. Could he have? Uh, Yes. Were we dumb? Say yes. He doesn't say, that's good. Finally got to the back row. Praise the Lord. That's great. They're also hard of hearing sometimes, the sheep. Now, I'm just joking. What did he say here? Look at that verse. And when he finds it, he, say the next word with me, joyfully. He was so happy. What does he do? He puts it on his shoulders. I want you to picture that and look at the next thing. And he goes home. You know, home is a great word. Sometimes when you go on a cruise or a vacation or you got a business trip and you got to do all those things, you love it, you enjoy it. But after a while, what do you want to do? You just want to go home. (laughs) 
You want to get in that bed, my bed, and you just want to go home. So here, he goes home, then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. Look at this. I have found, circle the word, my lost sheep. Understand, here's a shepherd with kindness and a personal touch. He doesn't just say, follow me to the sheep. He puts it around his neck. Do you know we have a personal savior today? His name is Jesus. He cares for us. And the world can't separate religion from a personal relationship with God. That sheep is carried back because the shepherd was joyful. He was filled with kindness. What he headed out to do, he did. Now, that my sheep is personal. The results is, in, in, is celebration. Lost and found equals rejoicing. Now, look at verse 7. And this is the spiritual, this is the spiritual application to this parable. Here it is. Verse 7. I tell you that in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in where? Heaven. So this scene is a picture of a sinner coming to salvation. And how far does that impact? All the way to heaven. And rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, then over 99 righteous people, the Pharisees, who do not need to repent. So there is joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and thus is now found. Here's what I want you to write. This is the key. One sinner coming to repentance brings great joy. Just one. That shows us the value of a person and what that looks like. See, lost people matter to God. And because they matter to God, they need to matter to us. Now, that shouldn't be a strange concept to you. Because we have been celebrating... V-I-O, the value and impact of one. Now, what impact does this parable teach us in the spiritual sense? Well, the sheep, which is a sinner, when the sheep was found, was the sheep joyful? Absolutely, the sheep was joyful. I mean, he's kind of pretty much dumb, not thinking, I'll be fine. No, you wouldn't have been fine. You're going to have trouble. So he's joyful. Was Jesus joyful? Absolutely. Was the heavens and the angels joyful? Absolutely. There was joy like everywhere. They're celebrating everywhere. Now, I don't know if sheep could talk to each other, but when that sheep got back to the other 99, I don't know if he can, I have no idea where he could talk to the other sheep, but I'll tell you this. When people are found and become Christ followers and they share their story, there's joy everywhere. That's the incredible thing. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what's this last part of verse seven? Well, watch this. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons, people that are right with God, who do not need to repent. Is Jesus saying the Pharisees and the scribes do not need to repent? No, exactly the opposite. It's tongue in cheek. He's looking at the Pharisees who could care less about sinners. And he's saying to them, you think you're right with God. You think you're good enough because you keep the law. You think you're good enough because your good works are going to get to heaven. That is not true. 
He says to the Pharisees, basically, you self-righteous, prideful people, you're, watch me, you're blind to who you really are. And what he's saying to them is this. There's no use me talking to you. I've been doing this for three years. And you need to repent. You know you're not right with God, but you refuse to do it. This sheep needed a savior and was willing to be found. You are not willing. Whoa. That's exactly truth. And he was talking about their heart. Now, it surprises me because who should have known a principle that I'm going to show you? And when you see this verse, the Pharisees and the scribes knew the Old Testament. That's all there was in those days. They knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards. Here they are saying, Jesus, that parable didn't apply to me. I'm not a sinner. It applies to those people you're hanging with. Well, look at the verse in Isaiah. They would have known this verse by heart. Isaiah 53, 6. All of, say it with me, us. Who's, who's us? Everybody, including them. All of us, look at the application, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's path to follow our own. We left God's path, which is Jesus, to follow our own dead religion. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Did they need to repent? Absolutely. Maybe more than the common sinner because they were prideful. They thought they had it all together. They didn't. You see, a person can never be found until they admit they're lost. You will never become a Christian until you take the first step. And the first step is repenting. What does repentant mean? I'm a sinner. I can't find God on my own. I need forgiveness. And then you will be found. Now, second story, second parable, same principle, a little shorter, but I'll explain it to you as we go through. Look at verse 8. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Now, there's lots of different ideas of what this is about. I'll give you one. Realistically, it's not important. The key is the lost coin. But many people, and this was custom in those days, when a woman got married, often she would have a little band that she would wear, would have 10 coins. It would be, ladies, like today, your wedding ring. It showed that you were married, and so they have it. So it would be a very important thing in your home, and be like, you know, your husband coming home, and he says to his wife, where's your wedding ring? I lost it. Really? (laughs) And here's kind of the picture. That may not be exactly what happened. We don't really know, but it kind of fits a little bit into the story. But remember, we'll see what the whole purpose is. So suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Now, here's a rhetorical question again. Doesn't she light a lamp? Now, why would this lady light a lamp? What kind of homes would be there in those days? This is 2,000 years ago. Well, a home had how many? No windows. There's no windows. There's no glass. And what kind of a light would she get? She'd just flip on the light, right? No, she's going to get what? A candle? She's going to get an oil lamp? And what is she going to do? She Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, here we go again. She calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Hey, 
It's time for a party, baby. It's time. Let's celebrate. Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. So watch this. She, a picture of Jesus, a picture of you and me as Christians, she lights a lamp, sweet searches, action on her part. Now, what is the spiritual application to this to us? Here it is. Write it down. The lost coin are lost people. That's what Jesus is talking about. He didn't care about the coin. He just talks about lost people, sinners. Now, the silver coin in those days, we don't have it exactly. Most people believe it was worth one day's wage. So here's what I want you to write this morning. Sinners are extremely valuable to God. Not nine or ten lost coins. How many lost coins? Tell me. Just one. How valuable are you to God? What can you exchange for your soul? Nothing. You're valuable to God as an individual. Why? Because you were made in the image of God. Your value does not come from you. And I want to say this because the whole world misunderstands this. God is not a respecter of people. He doesn't care if you're black, white, purple, orange, blue. I was black and blue quite often during my fall on my face, did whatever. He doesn't care what language you speak. He doesn't care if you're male or female. He doesn't care what nation you come from. He is not a respecter of persons. We all come from Adam and Eve. We're together. So quit fooling around with the politic junk. We're all equal in God's sight. You're all valuable to God this morning. And that's why he goes after how many? One. We don't look at the color of skin or nationality or how much education you have or whatever. That, that's all fine. But we're valuable because we're going to spend heaven or hell for eternity. He loves us so much. So be careful that you don't become a prejudiced kind of person. We're all equal. And he wants us. He goes after this one Coin. The shepherd spent time and energy going after that sheep. The woman spent her time and energy thoroughly searching for that lost coin. Just turn to your neighbor and say, we're all equal. Just go ahead and tell them right now. We're all equal. Yeah, we are. We're just all equal. Let me show you what happens sometimes. Sometimes I'll be out shopping and I'll be at Publix or whatever. And some person from the church... It's happened to me many times. We'll come and say, Pastor Mark, you're shopping? <laughs> no, we have a 12-acre farm at the back of our house. Well, of course I'm shopping. Then they're, in shorts? <laughs> Hallelujah. And we just make fun of it. Because what am I? I'm just like you. And sometimes you guys know, you have a wife that says, you're not wearing that outside the house. <laughs> I'm going to have a wife that says that to you. And they always say it to you about the most comfortable pair of shorts you ever had in your whole life. They want to take it to salvation. I mean, don't you dare. It's going to be a marriage problem. See, you're no better than anybody else. The only worth we have is that Jesus Christ, as a Christian, lives on us. The only worth you have this morning as a lost person is that the hound of heaven is after you. Because he wants you to come to Jesus Christ. When you do, you have the same worth that we do. Why? Because we have God living in us.
So that's the coin. That is the sheep. It's about sinners. And it's about God's love for sinners. Now, watch this. Write this down. Diligent searching. This is what we do as Christians. Patience and prayer brings rejoicing. So watch in verse 10. How does this parable apply to us? Watch this. In the same way, the same way that we saw the rejoicing with the sheep. I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So you see exactly the same key. What are those four words? Lost, found, repent, rejoicing. That's what celebration is all about. Now, our role model is Jesus. And so we have to be sure ourselves that we go and seek after lost people. That we don't isolate ourselves. That we don't come to church and go, well, Pastor Mark, I'm in church. I love coming to church. And that this kind of night, that's for somebody else. That isn't for me. I don't go out and invite people. That, that's not for Oh, yes, it is. And I want to challenge you this morning with this. What keeps us from sharing the good news in the marketplace, the work, school, and our neighborhoods? I want to give you some things. So write it down this morning. First thing. What could keep you from going after the sheep? What could keep you from trying to find the coin that's lost, the person that's lost? Here it is. Number one, fear of our abilities. Paul had to write to Timothy. Timothy was kind of a, well, he was a disciple of Paul, but he was a little timid. Now, sometimes people say, well, Pastor Mark, I couldn't go up and invite someone. I couldn't share the gospel because, like, that's not my personality. God isn't talking about your personality. He's talking about your spiritual desire to see the lost come to Christ. So watch what Paul says to Timothy. Timothy, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. Now listen to what he says. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. You know, some people are naturally more bold and aggressive. Other people, different. But Paul says to Timothy, it isn't about that. Jesus says to us, he commanded all of us to go and share the good news, to be on mission. Now, it's not complicated. One day, when Jesus started his ministry, Andrew discovered, he's a fisherman, he discovered the Messiah. And the next thing Andrew does, listen, is this. And Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, who would later become Peter. And he told him, we have found the Messiah. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. How complicated was that? All he said is, I have found the Messiah we've been looking for. He came to save us from our sins. I want to take you, Simon, and introduce you to Jesus Christ. That is all we're commanded to do, to go and try to introduce people to who? Jesus. Now, why would we do that? Because he's the only way to God. Oftentimes, we get hung up about telling other people about Jesus. We think that we have to have some big presentation ready. Pastor Mark made it clear that all we need to have was our own testimony of what Jesus did for us. He showed us through the example of Andrew, simply bringing his brother Simon Peter to Jesus, how easy it can be. 
Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. In the next portion of this message, Pastor Mark will continue to show how much God cares for us and wants us to be a part of His kingdom. We'll be taught the joy that heaven experiences when we became part of God's family. And that celebration awaits all who are found by God. We also will be reminded that we witness using the power of God and not our own strength. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.